The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Amen. Take your Bibles. Stand with me, please. Take your Bibles. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. But he said, what happened to your pulpit? We gave it away. We sewed it. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to read verse 6 through 13. All I can tell you right now is brace yourself. Everybody say brace yourself. Forget it. I'm going up here. Y'all ain't listening. Everybody say, brace yourself. One, two, three, brace yourself. Let's read the word of the Lord. First Corinthians chapter five, in a good way. Brace yourself in a good way. All right. First Corinthians chapter five, starting in verse six. Your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump. Come on, somebody say, Lord, make me a new lump. Amen. He already has. Praise God. Since you are truly unleavened, for indeed Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote to you in my epistle, which means letter, Greek word for letter is epistle. I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet I certainly did not mean the the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters since then you would need to go out of the world (laughs) i just think that's so funny is that not funny in other words you're living here you're going to be around them because that's what sin or sin sin come on everybody say sin or sin okay verse 11 but now i've written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother that's a believer with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral, or covetous, or idolater, or a reveler, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, not to even eat with such a person. For what have I to do with judging those who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside? The answer to that is yes. Verse 13, but those who are outside, God judges, therefore put away from yourselves... The evil person. All right, here we go. Father, I thank you for what you're going to do right now at the preaching of your word. Move in power. Release living understanding and truth. In Jesus' name, amen. The message I preach and teach to you tonight is not one that I have uh, crafted of my own. This is a message that is instrumental 
in the fabric of who we are as KC. It's a message that I revisit from time to time, especially when the Holy Spirit places it upon my heart. I guess I could say that I really don't preach anything. The Holy Holy Spirit doesn't put on my heart because I just, I don't know, I just can't. And this is burning in my heart tonight. One of the things that instigated the message I'm about to preach about defilement, Dr. Morocco wrote a book on it, Break, this is called Breaking the Power of Defilement. Many of you heard this, but I've found even when I heard messages that I've heard before, they're always different. One of the things that spurred me to preach this is I was in Anchorage the other night, just, just last night. I took my daughter in and I had to take, some, take care of some business and she had to pick up something from the store and we took her shopping for a little bit had the most incredible steak at the rice bowl. I'm just saying. Does anybody know where that is? Okay, if you don't, all you steak eaters, I'm telling you right now, buddy, the rice bowl on the way out of Anchorage, it's been there since 1950-something, and I'm just saying, amazing. All right? Okay. Okay, it's odd. I mean, we were listening to Liberace, how many of you know who Liberace is? If we're really listening to Liberace, 1950s, 60s kind of Chinese decor, Chinese restaurant, American menus, steaks. I heard about it. We had gone there before, but I never had one. But my dad did, and he said, bro, that's awesome. So I, I went and I had a steak. And I'm just saying, if, you, if you're a steak eater, go to the rice bowl. All right, that, that's bonus. Okay. But before the Rice Bowl, we were in the Fifth Avenue Mall. And I'm in the Fifth Avenue Mall at a, you know, pretty reputable store, you know. I mean, there's some that are not so reputable. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Some I'm not even going to go in because they're just nasty. Okay, but this is a nice store. I'm in there, and there there is a man who's dressed like a woman, and I'm pretty confident he likes me. Okay. Okay, that's, uh, you know, I didn't fall, I just, I didn't fall off the turnip truck yesterday, all right? That's not the first time that's happened to me. That's not a big deal. I can deal with it. Amen. Usually it means they just want Jesus. They want to get saved. Going to hear the gospel. Amen. Um, but I wasn't really in the mood for witnessing. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I, I'm tired and I just like, you know, I got my daughter and I don't, it could get ugly. I don't know what's going to happen. And, and so, you know, I got my baseball cap on and uh, he, she's making eyes at me. And I'm like, really? I just kind of pulled my hat down. I'm like, Jesus, help me out. Okay, so, you know, I, I just, you know, how many of you know, I just, okay, praise God. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Pull my phone out, answer some emails, but, you know, anyway. Well, this person semi-stalks me. Now, I'm not, I'm, I'm not afraid, I'm not intimidated, I'm just not, I don't want to make a scene, but if we have to make one, I'm happy to do it. No, really, that's just how I am. I mean, we'll be polite until, you know, I mean, we're going to love people, right? All right, so, anyway, I'm, I'm being stalked, kind of. And uh, there I realized I could feel it. I could feel, I could just have this discernment of like, come on, and there they are, you know, him or shim or him, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, you know, I mean, I was a human being, amen. 
Okay. Hate the sin, love the sinner. Somebody say amen. All right. Well, you know, that it's sort of past where I'm like, come on, Hannah, it's checkout time, you know, it's time to go. So we're checking out. And I look up for a moment, and this person has dropped their pants in the store, wearing a pair of sweatpants. They drop their shorts around their ankle, and, they're, and they have tried on a dress that, you know, I guess they call them dresses. I, my mother would never call a dress. And anyway, whatever. All the, all the, all the ladies said Okay, I'm all by myself. Anyway, I, it's, a, it's a long shirt to me. It doesn't look like, I, I mean, a dress is like a dress, right? I, I don't know. We should call them long shirts. Anyway, she's wearing, a, he, him, whatever. He's wearing a long shirt, and, her, and her, his pants are around her ankles. Jesus, help me out. Okay, God, help me right now. Intercessors, pray. God, help me get to the message. I looked up. And I was just like, whoa! Now, the thing that freaked me out, and I decided to leave. We, we had checked out. That's it. I'm out the front door. The thing that was amazing to me was that there was a store person that was right there helping that person that was in such bondage. And when I walked out, I felt like I, I felt like somebody threw up on me. And I know what that feeling is. It's called... Defilement. And so Hannah said, Are you right? And I just I prayed in tongues for a second, just went, ah, shook that thing off, and we moved on. Defilement. Let's look at this for a moment tonight. Paul paints a picture of defilement with this leaven and yeast. The epistle, the letter is to the church in Corinth. If somebody was really defiled, somebody who was really Bound, they would call them a, a, a Corinth, to be Corinthianized would be to be totally defiled and caught up in all of that that we even just talked about. And in this text, Paul is referring to a man who's had an affair with his father's wife. So you catch that? So a man's son, the man gets remarried, his son has an affair with his wife. That, that's the context. Come on. Nothing new under the sun. Everything that's happening now is happening then too. It just seems to be getting broader and wider. And the Apostle Paul says, basically, if the church doesn't deal with it, it's going to affect the whole congregation. He says, listen to me. Do you not know that leaven spoils the whole lump? It works through all of you bakers. You have to make, oh, where's, where, where are you? Am I right? Yeast don't take, doesn't take much, Right? A certain kind of yeast produces sourdough bread. Isn't that right? A certain kind of sourdough, pasty, yeasty stuff. Right. And you don't need much. It works sure to make sourdough. This is what he's talking about. He's saying, hey, listen up. This sin that you're allowing in the congregation is going to call you all to be a bunch of sourdoughs, so to speak. Because that yeast will get in you. It's actually sourdoughs. It's not a bad thing. As somebody been in Alaska for a long time. But you all understand what I'm saying. The Old Testament concept of clean and unclean. If you don't have notes, lift your hands and they'll bring that to you. How many of you got notes? All right, good. The Old Testament concept of clean and unclean. The word defilement means to pollute, to profane, to render unclean. Ways to be defiled, the Old Testament. 
Does he eat the wrong kind of foods? Immorality, idolatry, touching dead bodies. Menstruation would make you defiled, Old Testament. In the Old Testament, if you look at three, it was a picture warning us of New Testament, in the New Testament of demonic power that could defile us. How does defilement operate? It's a great question. How does defilement operate? We're going to get to that. But I want you to turn to uh, Matthew chapter 15. And if you look at Matthew 15, Jesus sees defilement. You can go and read it later. I've got to catch my clock a little bit, if you don't mind. Jesus sees defilement as spiritual. He doesn't see it as something that's ex- external. Or something that's, he sees it even out of, out of your heart, you do, can defile oneself. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15 says, See to it that no one misses the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Interesting. That somebody who's steeped in bitterness can actually bring a defilement, can bring a pollution, can actually bring bondage to even others. How many of you have been around somebody who's really bitter and angry? How many of you know that can get on you? How many of you know it can affect you? James 1.27, religion that our God and Father, this is the NIV, that our God and Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans, widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. How does defilement operate? It's a great question. You all with me? Roman numeral two. It operates, A, through relationships. Everybody say through relationships. Through relationships. First Corinthians chapter five, verse 11. But now I've written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother. This is the NIV now who is sexually immoral, covetous, or an idolater, a reveler, or a drunkard, or extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. Wow. I mean, that's, Paul, that's a little extreme, right? It's, it's scripture, because what he's saying is when we actually engage in relationship with people who call themselves brothers, but have a lifestyle of that, it can get on you just like yeast. Look at your neighbor and say, man, aren't you glad you came to church? Come on, Tim. Go ahead. Look at your neighbor. He said, he's not, he's not talking to me. Go ahead. Tell him. He's not talking to me. <laughs> Paul makes a distinction between the world and the family of God. Why? Because you, you need to be on your guard when you're in the world. Now, the truth is you really need to be mindful of who you're spending time with even in church. Somebody said, I'm looking for the perfect church. Well, if you go, you're going to ruin it. If you find it, amen, because we're all imperfect. 1 Corinthians 15, and 34 says, bad company corrupts good character. 2 Thessalonians 3, 6 says, keep away from every brother who is idle and does not live according to the teaching you received from us. Why? Because, because that, that idleness can get on you. You hang out with a slothful person, you can end up becoming slothful. Why well, is that just a, is that just a, adopting a habit of theirs? I think there is a psychological factor where you could, you know, but there's also a spiritual dimension, and the spiritual dimension is what Scripture calls defilement. If if I was to take a giant hit off of a uh, um, uh, a cigar, yeah, what's wrong with you guys? <laughs> 
and I was to blow that into the, uh, into the church or into a room, and you're in the room, you're going to be breathing secondhand smoke. By the way, uh, marijuana has been legalized. I commend, I commend uh, uh, the mayor, Wasilla, and the, and the strict rules that they've laid down. I've been in the midst of a study uh, challenged by some uh, about marijuana use, cannabis, and whether it's legal and whether it's right before God. And I will be uh, snipering that thing just as soon as I'm done. And, uh, you, and I'll post it all over the place and put it on Facebook. But I have concluded that it's, uh, it's not for the believer. It's not, it's, it's, it's not right. But neither is drinking, neither is getting drunk. Hello. All right. Good. So somebody said, well, okay, what about taking oxycodone? Well, if you take oxycodone to get high, I mean, you got a pain problem. That's different. I think God can allow that, you know. Hello. So what about smoking pot for, for glaucoma and medical condition? Don't miss the message. I'll advertise it. You want to, you want to be there for it. All right. <laughs> you don't want to miss any church service. Praise the Lord. Titus 3.10, warn a divisive person once a second time, and then a second time after that have nothing to do with them. Listen, if more people would do this in your life, listen, I had a problem today with a close friend. Close friend. They're getting after me on text. Guess what? I corrected him after that. And want to hear the correction? I blocked him. Amen. So he can be blocked. So I just didn't have to hear it. Let him cool off for a little bit. We'll talk again. If somebody, well, then we're going to work it out. We're lifetime friends. It's not a big deal. But how many of you know, listen, you got to have boundaries, baby. If you have somebody running you over and, 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 and sowing strife into your life, who needs that? We got enough challenges. Amen. Need somebody constantly nitpicking you and backbiting you and causing strife between you and, and others. And pe- you know, I just don't tolerate that ever in the church. If there's a divisive person, we correct them in love. And then a second time. And then after that, it's time to go. It's time to find some other place, get healed. Time, time to go lovingly hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more, no more, no. Actually, we don't add the no more part because if somebody wants to repent and say, no, I don't want to be like that. Can you help me? Then we'll help them. But there's many that allow for division. And what ends up happening is they have a spirit of division that's released on their family, spirit of division that's released in the church. And the apostle Paul tells you, don't do it. Come on, somebody say, don't do it. So how does defilement operate? It operates through relationships. And uh, look at, look at um, uh, two, attitude. Dr. Morocco shares a story that he was a part of a group called Teens for Christ in Huntington Beach, California, back in the, in the uh, 70s. The Berg family. Now, if any of you know church history, you'll know that that didn't work out too good. The Berg family moved to Texas and became one of the biggest Christian cults around and, and ended up in, in, a, in a world of defilement. He was a part of that group. They were radical. They were radical witnesses, and they would just get out there and get after it and witness to people and go for it. But the Lord showed him that there was envy and strife among them. And, he, and as he was memorizing the book of James, if there's envy and strife and quarreling among you, there's every evil practice. So he saw that, and the Lord told him, that you remove yourself from that group. He removed himself and that group continued and it became a cult that went into, uh, God spared our senior pastor because he knew the word, praise God. But that, that, those attitudes can get on you. 
In fact, he, he quotes a story. It's in his book. He, he's, uh, uh, he's driving with his mother, I think, during, during, the, um, during the break, uh, summer break, and he sees a pastor going into a church. And he says, man, I bet that pastor doesn't even pray. He probably doesn't even witness. Probably shouldn't even be in the ministry. Bunch of lazy. And his mother said, James. And suddenly he realized, ooh. How many of you know, you got no idea what somebody walking in some building was an attitude he got. He got defiled by their attitude. Some of you are being defiled by people's attitudes. Oh, I see light bulbs going on all across the place. You're like, that's my problem. Yeah, might be. Transference and countertransference is another way that you could get defiled. If you're a counselor, um, you might have experienced this. But if you're a counselor, you understand, for instance, a woman who's struggling with, uh, in their marriage can begin to transfer her affection from her husband to the counselor. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Everybody say danger, danger. <laughs> yeah, it's, and, and you can end up actually getting defiled through that. Projection. Uh, there's a, a powerful woman of God that would come. Roxanne Brandt is her name. She would come and, uh, and preach at our church. I think she still comes in Maui. Um, she was on the platform during a revival service, and there was a man that came to preach, and he's preaching, and he, and he stopped and said, I... I distinctly feel a, uh, a spirit of, of adultery. And he began to rebuke that thing. And her husband got up and ran out of the church. And uh, later came back and it was discovered that he was in adultery. And, and the sad thing is, is I'm to understand, if, I think if I have this correct, it's been many years since I heard the story, but it was unrepentant and he basically died. He, he, he died tragically, quickly. He died. Listen, you, you, can't, you can't mess around. Archetypal defilement. Anybody ever heard of Hitler, Adolf Hitler? There's some that say that, you know, he's still alive, which is kind of amazing. I, I don't know if he is or he isn't. 1960s counterculture. It defiled our whole nation. Free love. Wasn't love, wasn't free. Adolf Hitler defiled all of Germany. Archetypal defilement. I believe that's happening in our nation today. Right now. Listen to this. 1991, 17% of teenagers were comfortable with homosexuality. In 1998, eight years later, 54% of teachers are com- of teenagers, pardon me, are comfortable with homosexuality. Now in society, years later, 85% of youth are comfortable with homosexuality, as a legitimate lifestyle, 85%. Shows you who's discipling our kids. And if, the, if you're the exception, praise the Lord, teach others to be the exception too. Naive parents, we're talking about, um, talking about defilement, how it operates through relationships. I, I, it, it, I never ceases to amaze me, and, and if you're naive, may your naivety be broken right now. I counsel lots of people, and all of that's private. But I will tell you, over the years of pastoring and all the counseling I've done, I cannot count. 
I can't count. That's not an exaggeration. I literally can't count the hundreds of times I've got adults are sitting there and they tell me as we're counseling and getting to the bottom of things when this bondage and defilement really came in their life many times is when their parents allowed them to go over a neighbor's house to go over a friend's house to go over a cousin's house to go over a, a, an uncle's house on and on and on some of you could write a book and they go over there and you don't know who's there and you don't know what's going on but maybe you just want a break and you, you want to give the, let the kid have some fun and you send your kid over there naively not understanding that the devil has set a trap. Listen, God's not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. So you, you still need to discern. Don't you send your kids over to anybody's house that you don't know who's in the house, who's visiting the house, who's the friend. Are you serious? That's pretty controlling. You're absolutely right, it is. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's right. Then one of my kids said, you know what? Dad, you need to chill. I think you just need to chill. Why can't you just be like a chill parent? I said, I don't, I don't have any chill in me. It's just kind of the way that God wired me up, man. Amen. I'm more like a sniper. Holy Ghost sniper. I'm not into chill. You know, the whole chill thing, y'all, just chill, chill. You know, the problem with chill is it adopts the whole principles of the world. They get sewn into your family. And I, I'm, not, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm, I, I'm intense. You know, you pray for my kids, amen. And I'm trying to be as loving as I can, but I'm not chill. And if I don't know who's there, deal's over. Where's my wife? Give me an amen. Amen, babe. Hey, we have our own personal stories. And, and there's some people that just say, well, they're just going to go play Xbox 360. It's really no big deal. Okay. My next question is, is there online gaming on Xbox 360? That's my next question. Um, I don't know. Good question. Okay. Why would you ask that? Because I'm telling you that the enemy through, through smartphones and through all this stuff, I'm not afraid, but I'm also not an idiot, and I'm not surrendering my kid over to, to be devoured and defiled by the world. Can you say amen? All the parents said amen. He said, well, then can they never go sleepovers? Yeah, that's right. No sleepovers. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> you just have to know. You got to know. You got to know that. You got to know what's going on. All right, that went over like a lead balloon. Look at the look at B. Look, this is not the world you grew up in. This is not the world that you and I were raised in. It's not we're going to let your kid go to walk to school. Listen, if God tells you that and you got peace about that, that's awesome. I, I just don't know why he would say that in, in this community. When we've had abductions in this community, in nice neighborhoods that you live in. Go look at the police report. So you're, you're getting kind of aggressive. I'm just not going to let my kids are not going to get molested. I'm not going to have that happen. So help me God as much as I possibly can. Amen? All right. And, and defilement comes many times through relationship. Look at B. Through exposure to evil. Vicarious exposure. What do you mean? What does that mean? That means you didn't actually do it, but you saw it. 
You're not participating, but you're observing it. You mean like through TV? Sure, TV would work. Or through somebody else doing evil to somebody else. Or being, uh, I've shared about this before. I, I, was a, I was a wrestler. I was a competitive wrestler. High school, all through ele- I was in elementary school, middle school, high school, and then into college a little bit. And I, I mean, I, I like the sport. I mean, it's just, I don't like wearing the singlet so much. <laughs> all the wrestlers said, amen. But I like the sport. It's kind of like sanctioned war. It's, I, I mean, I like it. I, I just like it. It's, a, it's an awesome sport. Tremendous skill agility it, it it's it's very physically demanding so from that i began to like the uh, mma now i i en- i enjoy mma mostly but i remember in the early years of mma the, the refs like would not stop does anybody remember that am i the only one that remembers that the refs were like 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 stop already and I couldn't watch it because I, I would see this violence and I'd just be like, Ugh! It, it would do something to me. It would remind me of things that I'd been through. And I'd give a, come away from watching an MMA fight and be like, oh, God, what happened? Through my observation of the violence done on somebody else through a TV, it was defiling me. All right, so defilement. Watch out. Amen. Uh, through hurts, evil done to an innocent person or a bystander can bring defilement. I, I, I've got to hurry. Uh, defiled objects, a piece of jewelry from an old boyfriend. Do you have any jewelry, sweetheart? There's no old boyfriend jewelry, we know. Praise God. We've burned all of that. Hallelujah. So this is a, this is a ring. Now, as beautiful as it is, I didn't give it to you. It was a friend that gave it to you. And when we look at it, and when we look at it, we go, wow, isn't that pretty? Now, I'm going to tell you something. The friend that gave it to her, it wasn't so pretty for her. In other words, it was a reminder of a horrible, horrible marriage and the heartbreak and all the different things. And when every time she'd look, she'd be like, oh, to her, it was defiled. Now, I'll just tell you that we prayed and felt like, it was, you know, we didn't know anything about that till later and just felt like it's okay. And she wanted us to be blessed with it and, and that's how that worked. When I think about my wedding band, my wedding band is not a defiled object, it's a blessed object. And I, I got it. We saved, we scrimped and saved and picked out from Tiffany our wedding bands. And we sacrificed big time to buy them. And it is the most precious physical thing I own to me. Lots of miracles about my wedding band. I used to take it off all the time and use it for illustrations. I do that very, not too much now. It's not a defiled object. That's a blessed object. And every time I look at it, I get just, I get, forget it, man. I'm going over here. Praise God. Getting away from my ring and my wife. I'm in, I'm in, lo- I'm in love. I'm in love with my wife. So I look at that and I think, oh, what? Going down the aisle, all of that, all of those memories, all of those victories, all of the, 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 the storybook romance that we had. I, the, I, it's just awesome. Well, guess what? The same can be true for something you have in your life that wasn't so awesome. 
that wasn't so great. A constant reminder of when you went through pain, when somebody rejected you, hurt you, wounded you. And yet, because it might be worth some money, you don't want to get rid of it. And so you say, well, I've had that for 20 years. It's no big deal. But you don't really know the level of, of defilement that that might create in your life. You don't really know. Listen, some of you need to go through your house and get rid of some stuff. Well, praise the Lord. Shirts, clothing, you know, jewelry, um, uh, music. The what? What masks? Here, come here, babe. It's too late. You're talking now. She's preaching now. Come on, girl. Not to get all trippy, but we lived on Molokai. Anyway, we lived on Molokai, and at the end of the island, on the other side, there was this store, and they had all these... Do you remember that? We were walking down the aisle. It was just, you know, a touristy store, which there weren't too many of those over there, and we were were walking around in the... All of a sudden, I I wasn't really looking at my surroundings. I'm not very observant, and all of a sudden, I was just like, ugh, and I looked over, and there was... I was surrounded by these weird masks that came from some other country. I just looked around and I was like, ooh, and they can be defiled objects. Yeah, and, and, there was, and, and those masks were right next to the flesh forks. Human eating flesh forks. Okay, so, you know, there's objects that are crafted by idol makers and actually many of which have a hole in the back of them. And they're in the hole in the back for the spirit actually to come into it and inhabit it. So, you know, you can take an idol home with you. I, I mean, I could tell you endless stories about defilement and how it can come through objects, defiled objects, on and on and on and on and on. He's saying, I think I need to get rid of some stuff. Yeah, well, maybe you do. I mean, don't be a freak about it, but let the Holy Spirit show you. Right. Amen. You don't have to be afraid, but maybe there's some things. You want just a couple stories? Just a couple. Okay. It's early. Come on. It's 8.30. There's nothing on TV. You can eat later. A dear friend of ours uh, went to help this brother out who uh, he had given his heart to Jesus. He got baptized in the Holy Ghost. But he he kept being tormented at night. And he couldn't quite figure out what the problem was. And they blessed the house. And they prayed over the house. And so finally, uh, they called the pastor, who was this friend of ours, to come and show up to the house and just pray and see if he discerned anything, because he couldn't get, it was always when he would come to the house, and it was something that would happen to him while he was sleeping, and it would be this tormenting thing. And so he came to the, he came to the house, and they're praying, and they're praying in the Spirit, walking through the house, and he looks above this door, and he sees this really old sign, I mean, really old, 80, 100 years old sign above the door. And it was like a sign to a store. That, you know, it was just a piece of artwork. And so he says, what is that? And he says, oh, that's from my, you know, that's from my grandfather who had a brothel and a, uh, a, and, and a bar. And that's the only thing he left to me. Okay, how many of you know what a brothel is? How many of you don't know what a brothel is? Okay, it's a house of ill repute. House of ill repute. How many of you know? Don't Google it. Do not Google Okay, it's, it's a place where prostitutes are. Now you know, all right? <laughs> Ladies of the night. So on and so forth. So he had this sign up there, and the pastor said, dude, you need to get rid of that. 
He said, I can't get rid of that. That's the only thing. He says, well, if you want to be free of the thing, get rid of it. He says, oh, I want to be free. They pulled it off, brought it outside. They burned the 80-year-old sign or whatever it was. Guess what? Homeboy got free. Yeah. I remember being on the island of Molokai, visiting this man who had given his heart to Jesus. I was with Pastor Robert. Same thing. Things were flying around his house, moving around his house. All kinds of creepy stuff. You don't call Ghostbusters. You call a Holy Ghost-filled somebody who's got authority in Jesus' name. You know what's funny? In, in all the different locations that Casey is, wherever we're located, this happens. We have people that get demonized, and they go to, they go to different places to get free, and they refer them to us. We don't know anything about that. Call KC. That'll help you. Amen. <laughs> I just think it's funny. I don't know. I think it's funny. There's people that don't even believe in demons, but then when they do, when they have, do, do have demons show up, a part of their congregation, they go, we don't know about that, but they'll help you over there. <laughs> we don't believe in that, but anyway, I think somewhere they believe, you know. We go to this guy's house. And he starts getting all this stuff to have a bonfire to burn things. And, and he's bringing it out. And it's just one thing when he brings it out. Uh, actually, it was inside. And we could see it. And um, I, we said, well, you know, what is that? We're on the porch. I said, what's that thing right there? He's like, no, we can't do that. I said, yeah, dude, that's probably the thing you do need to get rid of right there. No, I can't. I said, why can't you? He said, I don't want to. I said, oh, will you feel that attitude you got right there? That's not God. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> my precious. God, he just tweaks out on that thing. So we pray for him. We pray for him that he would, you know, and he, he clears up. He goes, okay, okay. We bring it out. We put it on the porch. I think it was this idle thing. He gets his sledgehammer, and he has this 16-pound sledge, and he takes it, and he's looking at it, and we're like, dude, smash it. He's all, <sighs> I said, smash it, bro. And Pastor, uh, Pastor Robert's praying in tongues. He's like, <gasps> I said, smash it. Come on, man. So I, <gasps> I said, do it. And he's all, <gasps> smashes the thing. It was like... <laughs> It was like you heard this shattering in the heavens. And the guy, the guy jerked his all, ah! And all of a sudden he's like, oh, 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 thank you, Jesus. And he starts worshiping. <laughs> Don't tell me there's no defiled objects. There are. Well, let's move on to Roman numeral three. What do you do if you've been defiled? Great question. What do you do if you've been defiled? Well, confess and repent. Confess and repent. James 5, 16. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. 1 John 5, 16, 17. Let's go 17. If anyone sees a brother... Commit a sin that does not lead to death. He should pray and God will give him life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. But there is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying you should pray about that. <laughs> what a scripture. Wow. Listen, if you've been defiled, confess what you've been defiled about. 
There is more people on pornography would absolutely freak some of you out. You'd think it's just totally impossible that there'd be actually, if we had a show of hands right now, and I'm certainly not asking for that, so don't raise your hand. If we had a show of hands and an honest survey, you would be totally freaked out by how many people are actually affected or bound by pornography. Males, I'm not looking at anybody, and females alike. And children and youth all over this thing. Snapchat, Instagram, on and on and on and on and on. The doors rattle back there and somebody's like, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) Ah! (laughs) Repent! Yeah, then you don't have to be worried. Amen. So what do I do? I mean, you... You've got to put a guard. You've got to watch out. You've got to confess. If you can't handle a, an iPhone or a smartphone or a device like that, then get rid of it. You were, you were living without one before. Get a flip phone. What do people think? They think you're saving money, man. It's good stewardship. Praise the Lord. If you can't handle the internet, get rid of it. Can't handle the email? The U.S. Postal Service still works. It just takes a little longer. Can't handle text? <laughs> Come on, if you can't handle it, then, then do something about it. Jesus says, if your right hand offends you, I've done this so many times, but I just like it. He says, if your right hand offends you, then cut it off. He's not saying that you should actually physically chop off your hand. He's saying, if your right hand offends you, cut it off. If, you, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. Now, there have been some people that are very damaged that have done that. He, and he says, it's better for one bot, part of your body to be thrown in hell than for all of you to be thrown in hell. He's not saying cut off your hand, because if he did, then we would all be like this in service. Hallelujah. <laughs> Lord, I love you. What happened? Well, you know, praise God. Just worshiping God. (laughs) Be like, no hands, no fingers. It's not what he's saying. Come on, just tap your neighbor and say, aren't you glad you came to church? Confess and repent. Number two, or B, pray and be prayed for. You know, the work of the Holy Spirit help you, sanctifies you, helps you, will heal you, will touch you. I've, I've, I've been prayed for and, and had things broken off me that I didn't even know were on me, really. He said, wait a minute, you're a believer. How do you have things on you? Or, Believers can't have a demon. A believer can have anything he wants. The question is, can a believer sin? Can a believer sin, yes or no? Yes. Then you can open the door to the enemy, and you can be manipulated by demon power if you can sin. If you can sin, can you sin? Yes. doesn't make you... That whole sloppy grace thing is just is totally ridiculous. It doesn't mean talk about repentance, and that's why we tried to preach on that. Oh, i got to hurry. i got to hurry. got to hurry. Let the word wash your mind. 
Need a good brainwashing from the Holy Spirit. I did. I, I had somebody tell me, you're brainwashed. You're brainwashed. And finally, I, and I, I started like, you know, people that were getting after me about being a Christian early on. Some family. I was thinking, gosh, I was totally reprobate before. <laughs> now, now I'm loving God and people are offended. That's crazy. Is that the craziest thing? Is it crazy? I mean, you were out there doing all the stuff that you did. Then you gave your heart to Jesus. Then, you know, they were a little upset maybe if you were really crazy. You know, but then you give your heart to Jesus. You're living right. And they go, you're brainwashed. And so I was struggling with that kind of criticism. I think I'm brainwashed. I'm brainwashed. And suddenly I realized, dude, my brain was so foul. Thank God you washed my brain, God. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. He washed my brain. Some of you need to wash your brain with the water of the word. Amen. Where am I? Okay. Titus 3, 5. Let me read this. He saved us not from the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Ghost. Some of you need to be born again. Some people go to church all their life. You're never born again. You're never going to become, you never enter into the kingdom of God. You'll never make it to heaven. That's just because you went to church any more than standing in your garage makes you a car. You got to get born again, man. Bruh, got to get born again. Ephesians 5, 26. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by talking about us. We're the church, not talking about a building, by the washing of the water through the word. And to present himself a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but a holy and blameless. When you receive Jesus, he'll wash you and make you holy and blameless. I was, I was um, in a business today, and somebody was helping me, and I called them Saint somebody. They're a believer. I know they're a believer. I've been to church before. Saint, Saint somebody, I forget what her name is. Saint Dawn, that's who it was. And she said, oh, you don't know me. I said, oh, no, no, no. I know what God's word says about you. You're a saint. Hagios is the word in the Greek. It means holy one. Come on, someone say, I'm holy. You're holy. Why are you holy? You're holy because you've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. You're holy because you're a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. You're holy because the blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. God will cleanse you of whatever defilement you've been through. If you watch too much MMA or you've been smoking crack or looking at pornography, <laughs> come on, laugh. It's okay. You can be set free. You can be healed. If you've been hanging out with bitter, angry people and you found it getting all up in your heart, you have to, well, you've got to remove yourself from the bitter, angry. What if it's my husband? Well, you got to come in for counseling. We'll help you. But you got to get away from that and you, you, have to, you have to learn to purify your heart with the washing of the water of the word. Some of you need to be born again, but if you've been born again, then maybe you just need a foot washing. 
What should we say then? In conclusion, Romans 8, verse 31. What should we say then? What should we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who did not spare his own son? Oh, this is going to preach. The word will preach all by itself. Are you ready? Who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Actually, it's a question. Graciously give us all things? <laughs> Look at 33. <laughs> Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble or hardship, persecution or famine, or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor either angels nor demons neither present nor future nor any powers neither the height or depth or anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus so if you've been defiled well listen just run to the loving arms of your master run to him and ask him for a shower spiritually speaking and get rid of the stuff get rid of the get rid of the jewelry get rid of the things get rid of the bondages the defiled objects some of you need to separate yourself from relationships that are defiling you they're hurting you some of you need to turn the tv off or put up your cell phone and get a flip phone whatever the case may be god wants you to walk in purity and holiness Holiness is important to God. Without holiness, no man will see the Lord. Don't be foolish. Back in the notes. Don't be foolish. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 9. I have written in my letter, do not associate with sexually immoral people. Not at all meaning people of this world who are immoral, or the greedy, or the swindlers, or idolaters. In that case, you'd have to leave the world. But I'm now writing to you that you must not associate any, with anyone who calls himself a brother who is sexually immoral or greedy. And it goes on to list all the, 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 the uh, idolatry, so on and so forth. Let me, get, let, me, let me straighten this out so we don't have a bunch of chaos. It's one thing when somebody comes in, they give their heart to Jesus, but they're living, you know, with all, in their hand and all of that. That's different. They're an immature person in the Lord and they don't really know. I'm talking about someone who comes into church, they read the word, they're in worship, they get part of your Bible study, they're in the small groups, they're in the realities classes, they're participating, they learn, they grow, they understand actually what the will of the Lord is. And in understanding the will of the Lord, they continue to say, uh-uh. I'm going to have my hand in the cookie jar, and that's just how it rolls. Yeah, that kind of person you want to distance yourself from. He said, what if I don't? Well, they could get some of the cookies on here. You know what I'm saying? Did you get anything tonight? All right, let's all stand up on our feet all across this place. Stand. If you're at home, stand up. You're here tonight, 
very simply and you realize that you've been defiled maybe it was through a relationship through somebody something happened I love this one story this will make it easy for for some Pastor Colleen Morocco driving Dr. Morocco home got cut off by some lady uh, some guy and when the guy cut her off he screamed at her and he flipped her uh, the single finger salute of an obscenity and the car sped off and there she is having been passed and cursed out by this violent dude and she says God kill him kill him God kill him <laughs> how many of you know it's probably not so good amen it's not the spirit we're of and uh, Dr. Morocco said, honey, uh, uh, by the time they got home, which is a good 20-mile drive, she's still got smoke coming out her ears, and she wants to kill him, you know what I mean? And he realizes that the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, your wife's been defiled. Pray for her. He laid hands on her. He prayed that that anger and that defilement would break. It broke, and she had peace again. Defilement. All right. If you've been defiled, come to the front. We're going to pray. defiled people come up front so we can pray for you because God's going to give you peace God's going to wash you clean listen there is no you know what's strange I'll tell you what's strange is to be so afraid come on we're loving family here what if somebody thinks differently about you I already tried to help you that there's statistically only about two or three people that like you anyway now I think those statistics are different here Amen. But it's in answering these simple altar calls. Look, I got defiled. You know what? You're going to pray for me. Come here. Yeah, by that person. I did. Now I'm praying for myself. Come on, come on, way up. This will this will be a model. You don't have to. You don't have to come to a church service to, to get defilement off of you. Listen, you, you get defiled just by going to work sometimes or seeing things. Where you gonna you gotta learn to pray over yourself. Sometimes when I've been defiled by things, I, like I can pray and, 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 and it breaks, it's off. I mean, I know that it's off. I, I feel like it's, I've got peace again. And other times, man, it's just a little bit harder. And when it's a little bit harder, what happened to you last week? Oh, yeah. And I don't remember exactly how that happened. Is it, can you share that? No? Well... Just you got to camouflage it, you know. Just kind of. Right. Well, I was investigating somebody's Instagram. I just happened to be on a phone, and on the wall of that person, there was an image. There. I mean, I am such a freak about what I put before my eyes. I do not. No, you're. It, she's holy. It's yes. not. We. You know. Well, we said a freak, and it's kind of. It's kind of funny, but really, what you see, what you behold, you will become. Listen, say that again. What you behold, you will become. When we see him, we will be like him, says that. All right, so that's an important principle. And so, you know, if that happens to me, if I happen to be watching a movie and it has a dumb uh, preview for something and I see something, I, it, you know, I don't watch rated R movies. I don't do a lot of PG-13s are like rated R. But what happened is I saw this thing, which I just saw like a split second because I was like, oh, and, but it stuck with me. I prayed. 
in the name of Jesus, blah, blah. I prayed. I couldn't shake it all day long, and I was so irritated. It was like plaguing me. It wasn't even something I was thinking about. It was just like the so thought. Then she, so then she comes in, and she says, honey, I, you remember I, I, saw that, I saw that thing, and, and I, I just I can't break the image, man. I said, oh, you foul thing, you. And so I, I laid hands on my wife, and I commanded defilement to go. In Jesus' name, never came back. Never came back. Listen, this, you got to learn how to do war. You're living in the world. I mean, this stuff is before you all the time. Some of you willingly dip yourself in a cesspool. You think you don't smell. Listen, if you dipped yourself in a cesspool, you spiritually, you've got, you know, all over you. You know, you can also ask the Lord to make you more sensitive because after you have a lifestyle of being defiled or a lot, you become insensitive and you become numb. I, Yeah, desensitized. And you ask the Lord to um, resensitize you and he will. All right. So uh, it's like a little, I mean, it's, are you guys okay? We all right? All right. This is like new for some of you. Other ones is like, oh, wow, one-on-one again. But it's a good reminder. All right. All right. You lay hands on me. Pray for me. The thing broke, but I want you to model what it is. I want you to model what it is to break defilement. And then then we're going to pray for y'all, all right? And guess what will happen? Defilement will go. Some of you need to confess it, though. You're like, I don't like that part. I know, but that, that, that brings healing. All right. That's why we need relationships. Yo, you online. Yo. Yeah. We don't know who you are. We'd love to know who you are. But you can hide. You need relationships there, people to talk to. Confess your sins. When you can't confess through the computer to me right now. I'm not asking you to do it by email or anything. I'm just saying, you need relationships. That's how we grow the body. Amen. All right. Go ahead. You model it. I'm going to pray. Lord, I thank you for your power, your dunamis power. And Father, I'm asking, Holy Spirit, you'd come upon my husband. I rebuke defilement. I bind you. I cast you off. And I ask, Holy Spirit, you'd come and just wash over him now. Every thought, Lord, wash over his heart. And I just break the power of defilement off of him right now. Images, thoughts, attitudes, every work of the flesh, every work of darkness be broken now in Jesus' name. name. Amen. Now look, get this. I do that over my kids nearly every single night. Every night. Yep. Just in case. Reach your hands towards these. Come on, let's just pray for them. Yeah. Why don't you why don't you just repent for whatever if you had a role in it? In other words, if you participated, you willingly put yourself in there. Repent. If it's something that you saw vicariously, you know. I mean, I just had my hat on some store. It wasn't my fault. Some dude came in. Although, you know, the devil will set stuff up like that. That's the other thing. We didn't even get into that. All right. So repent if you need to. Repent. Repent out loud. That'd be good. Just, you know, quietly, just you and Jesus. Talk to him. There's some here you're not right with God. Let, let, let's, let's just do that right now. And for many, it's an affirmation. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Now say, Father, in your mighty name, 
I break defilement. Defilement go. In Jesus' name. Cleanse my mind. Cleanse my heart. I break every spirit tie. Every soul tie. Every emotional tie. Off of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, just lift your hands. Lead us in some breaking defilement music. Amen. Praise God.
learn something you could go preach it to somebody else be sensitive to the holy spirit let him lead you let him guide you but maybe you need to just go through your house and let the holy spirit show you stuff you need to get rid of man there's no shame in that it's not a time to chill it's a time to stand for righteousness and truth it's a time to stand Time is time to live holy. My two, my two brothers, right behind you. Would you get their attention? Would you come here? Come here. Yeah, come. Don't get in your head, though. Come here. Come right here. It'll be okay. Don't start thinking. Stay, stay in that place of worship you were just in. Just stand right here. I'm pray for you guys. I want to pray and prophesy over you. Nothing weird's going to happen. It's okay. You, you come here because you love the Holy Ghost. You love the Holy Spirit. And you love the freedom. And I know you're part of another church, and I celebrate that. Praise God. 
But I prophesy this to you. You have a phone? You want to record it? Okay. I'll wait. Sorry. There it is. All right. Awesome. There we go. Let's turn it this way. It records better. I'll bother. I'll, I'll borrow it from you for a second. Check. Testing. I don't know if it's working. Is it working? All right. All right. The Lord, uh, the Lord spoke to me about Phineas. Moses led the children of Israel out, and they came, and they came to a certain place. I think it's Moab. I need to go look. I think they just defeated the Amorites. And the Moabites are there, and... Um, there's this guy, Balaam, and uh, and there's this, this false prophet that comes to bring a curse down upon Israel, and uh, he can't do it. I mean, every time, is it Balak is the king and Balaam's the prophet? Where are my scholars? Somebody help me out. Balaam, thank you. Balaam, the prophet, thank you. Balaam's the prophet. Balak, Balak is, the, is the king of Moab, hires Balaam who's considered an evil dude because if you look in the book of Revelation, you'll see his name is mentioned, the error of, they rushed to Balaam's error because he wanted money so bad that he's willing to do whatever he could to curse Israel. And so he goes to curse them three times. He does that, but every time he goes up to curse Israel, God would turn his words and would speak a blessing over them. And it's just this powerful picture. And really there's no curse that can come down upon Israel because they were blessed. And it's a, great, it's a great understanding that when you're fully in God, you're fully vested in Him, and you're covered by His blood, there's nothing the devil can do to you. No, not one thing. Oh, but if you open up the door, then he's got rights. The most legalistic entity in all of creation is the devil. Now, I don't see any of that happening for you. What I see is in this picture with Balaam, God raises up this young man and his name is Phineas. And these two, these, Phineas is the, the, I think it's the grandson or the, I need to go look. It's in Numbers 30 something. Grandson or great grandson of Aaron. He picks up a javelin. You know what that is? It's like a long, a long shaft that they use for throwing. It's in sports, but it's also a weapon. It's like a big spear. He picks up the spear and he sees this Moabite and one of these Israelites run off to a tent. And he runs into the tent and he spears them through, both of them. That means they're holding each other. He just does, both of them get speared one, one thrust. The Lord says to you tonight, to both of you, that I'm putting zeal upon you for, the, for, the, for God's honor. You were hungry for the move of the Spirit of God. Nay, in fact, in fact, nigh, in fact, you are desperate and you are thirsty and you want God to come and pour out in your life and pour out in your church and pour out in your generation because God called you to that specifically. And he calls you tonight. He calls you Phineas. And he says, sons, I am going to come even like the sons of thunder. I'm anointing you. And you continue. You, you start a prayer movement. 
I'm giving you instructions how to see the fire fall where you're at. You start a prayer movement and you you begin to contend. Doesn't matter if anybody else is doing it. Doesn't matter if leaders are doing it. You begin to pray and you begin to cry out and you'll begin to see releases of God's javelin everywhere. And I'm going to expose some things. Somebody say hallelujah. Take someone by the hand, won't you? Glad you came tonight. We went long, but God's still on the throne. Amen. Father, thank you for what you've done. Bless your people. Let us walk undefiled. Day in, day out. Week in, week out. Month in, month out. Let us be a people. Cleanse from the former way of life, now used for noble purposes, Lord. Holding out the word of truth in a crooked and a depraved generation. Use us. Use us, God. Not in religiosity. Not in, in judgmentalism. And, and the freedom and the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit. Walking in holiness and purity. Keeping ourselves pure and undefiled from the world. Jesus name. Touch that one who's bitter. Touch that one who's struggling bitterness. It would not be a, a root that defiles many. Heal that one. And bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance swords and be gracious to them. Keep them. Give them peace. Jesus name. Amen. Forgive me for going a little long tonight. We love you and we'll hope to see you on the weekend. Praise God. Saturday, 9 o'clock at the property. We'd love to have you. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.